Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we talk about the Hawks' second win in a row, their 122-112 to victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks came into Memphis after a big win over the Chicago Bulls. That win over the Bulls was awesome, but the Hawks were never really challenged in that game, building up to a 40-point lead and really running away from the Bulls. And going into Memphis, um, it was obvious that the Hawks were going to have a much more difficult challenge just because of the two preseason games they played against the Grizzlies. In both of those preseason games, the Hawks starters were outplayed by the Grizzlies starters, and the Hawks were going into this game against the Grizzlies without two of their big men, Capella was not back yet, and Gallinari did not get to play in this game because of a hurt ankle. So going into a game where you have to play Jonas Valanciunas um, and a Grizzlies team that likes to get into the paint with John Morant, it was one of my big worries that the Hawks just wouldn't have the big bodies to deal with that. And at the beginning of the game, it looked like the, the Grizzlies might just do what they did in the first two preseason games build a lead and really not let the Hawks get into the game. Um, Kind of in the first half of the first quarter, the Grizzlies were able to build an eight-point lead where they got got up eight to 16 over the Hawks. But then Kevin Herter came in off the bench for the Hawks, and he just had a wonderful night. Red Velvet had an awesome game, 27 points. He was 8 of 12 from the field, including four three-pointers out of five attempted. He had four assists. He had five fouls and almost fouled out, but he had 21 points, and the team was plus 14 um, with him on the court. And he was just such a big lift for the Hawks off the bench. In fact, the whole entire Hawks bench was really, really key in getting this victory, but um, Kevin did an awesome job. He really couldn't miss at the beginning of the game. Um, hit When he came in off the bench, like I said, the Hawks were down by eight points. And he had a sequence where he got a steal that led to a dunk. Um, and then that kicked off a 19-4 to run that the Hawks had to end the first quarter and end the quarter up 27-22. to Kevin Herter was doing everything you'd want him to do. He's been pushed to the bench, coming off the bench with the addition of Bogdan Bogdanovich and um, the emergence of DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, who have both been put into the starting lineup. And to see Kevin come off of the bench and have such a positive impact and really be a, an igniter off the bench for the Hawks was really, really big. And it just shows that this depth of this team can be a very uh, big strength for them going forward. Again, without Clint Capella or Danilo Gallinari, the Hawks went super small. They started Trey Young, um, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, all starters from game one. But then they brought Bogdan Bogdanovich off the bench, and he started alongside those guys. So John Collins was playing the five against Jonas Valanciunas. Um, and Valanciunas is an old-school center. He can step out and hit the three. I think he may have attempted a few too many in this game. But the Hawks really weren't hurt too badly by JV. Um, he ended up playing 29 minutes. He had 12 rebounds and 13 points. Um, but for a big man especially with the Hawks are out there kind of top two centers right now and Danilo Gallinari and um, Clint Capella and then Aneka Kongu still being unavailable for the Hawks. You'll take that 
every time. So it was really good to see Kevin come off the bench and provide that spark and being able to go off the bench and have wings come in and score like that was great. Now, Kevin Herter was not the only player off the bench who really sparked the Hawks. Without their top two bigs, the Hawks went even further into the bench and got Nathan Knight in, and Nathan Knight responded with a huge night. Now, both Nathan and Skylar Mays, who are the Hawks' two-way players this year, got into the first game against Chicago, but neither was able to make it into the scoring book. And so Nathan Knight came in, and he was able to provide a huge spark. He only played nine minutes, but the 6-10 center from uh, William & Mary was able to go four or five from the field, including two of three from three-point land. He had three rebounds and 14 points, and his best play may have been an out-of-bounds play where Trey lobbed him the ball from out-of-bounds and um, Nathan finished the dunk and got an and-one. But he was instant energy off the bench. He contributed 14 points to go along with Kevin Herter's 21 points. Um, And those two really kept the Hawks in the game when their starters were not on the court. And uh, that second unit really was a boon for the Hawks again. I think one thing we have seen through these first two games is just how the depth of the Hawks really kind of alleviates not having Trey on the court at all times. Trey ended up having a huge game. He played 35 minutes, scored 36 points, had three rebounds and nine assists, but he was really able to only, he was clearly more aggressive than he had been in preseason, but Trey really got cooking in the fourth quarter and he was able to sort of take over because the team kept the Hawks close in this game until the fourth quarter. Um, The Hawks took a lead into the second quarter. They were outscored by three points in that second quarter, um, but still had a lead and only ended. They got into the fourth quarter with, they were only down one. And I think that fourth quarter was just a really big showing for the Hawks in the past the Hawks had a tough time of really maintaining runs or having a lead, giving up a lead and never reclaiming that lead again. And in the fourth quarter, the Memphis Grizzlies were able to come back behind some shooting of Dylan Brooks, John Morant, of course, and Valanchunas reared his head. Um, And after the Hawks took a five point lead um, with about five minutes to go, the Grizzlies were able to take a one-point lead, but the Hawks responded right away. And Trey Young was just a monster part of the fourth quarter. I think this game just continues Trey Young's um, ascendance. He had a much different game than the game he had in Chicago. In Chicago, he was hyper-efficient, only taking 12 shots. As I said, Trey ended up taking 24 shots in this one, and he only hit one of his three-pointers out of seven. But he was able to really put his impact on the game and really close this game. After the Grizzlies came all the way back and took a lead, uh, the Hawks were able to get the ball to DeAndre Hunter, who had a really nice game. DeAndre played 35 minutes, um, was 5'11 from the field, hit two of four threes. His three-pointers were really big three-pointers. Both came at times when the Grizzlies were threatening to take the lead or had been on a big run. And... I think both were assisted by Trey Young, but DeAndre stepped in, hit those threes. And one really encouraging thing, seeing DeAndre play so well, was the emotion he showed after hitting his three-pointers. His face lit up. He had the biggest smile on his face. And he he couldn't be more excited to be making these big plays. And those were huge three-pointers. 
one in particular towards the end of the fourth quarter that helped really separate the Hawks and really establish the victory. But he hit two free throws after the Grizzlies had taken their lead, and then he hit that big three-pointer. Um, DeAndre had a double-double. He, he completed with his 15 points. He had 11 rebounds, and he also had three assists. Um, DeAndre just continues to be a super steady guy for a second-year player. Um, he has started every game since he's come into the league, and he just really showed he's earned that. He, he plays excellent defense. Again, both him and Cam Reddish. Trey also, they all got opportunities to guard John Morant against the Grizzlies. And when you go against the Grizzlies, you know you're going to have to try to shut down John Morant. Ja was effective as star players are. He played 34 minutes. He was 10 of 21 from the field, only 2 of 7 from three-point land, had 7 assists and 28 points. But Ja was frustrated. Um, the interior defense of the Hawks uh, really thwarted him when it came to the end of the game. And almost one of the plays that really uh, finished this game, and, and w- once it happened, you knew that the Hawks were going to win, is Ja made a drive to the basket. The Hawks stopped it. Ja hit the floor and was just so upset at the no call. He got a technical foul. Hawks hit the free throw, and that was really the end of the game, the competitive part of this game. Um, some other big notable performances from the Grizzlies. Kyle Anderson played 36 minutes, um, known affectionately as slow-mo. He has really worked on his three-point shot. He was 8 of 15 from the field, 2 of 6 from three-point land, had 14 rebounds and 20 points. It's so amazing to watch a player who just moves at a completely different rhythm than the rest of the players in the NBA and the rest of the players on the court be so effective. Kyle Anderson is a forward for the Grizzlies. He can get to the paint and really just slithers his way into the court, and he's tall enough where he's able to shoot over if any guards try to guard him. And he was able to make his way into the paint multiple times, and his 20 points kept the Grizzlies in this a lot. Dylan Brooks is one of the most annoying players that would you'd ever go against on the basketball court. He is unafraid to shoot as uh, shown by his 8 of 23 shooting. He was 3 of 11 from three-point land. He had two rebounds and two assists to go with those 19 points, and he fouled out. He was one of the guys who was most flummoxed by Trey Young. Um, Trey really, towards the end of the game, started utilizing his just elite ability to get fouled and go to the free throw line, and unfortunately for Dylan, he was the target of that. One foul in particular, Trey was able to, the Grizzlies were pressing towards the end of the game, and Trey was able to get ahead of Dylan Brooks and then stop, kind of a classic Chris Paul move, and Dylan couldn't stop himself from running and just ran through Trey Young, and that sent Trey Young to the free throw line for easy points. Um, On the free throw front, the Hawks were able to get way more free throws than the Memphis Grizzlies. The Hawks were 33 of 38 from the charity stripe, where the Grizzlies were only 25 of 29. The Hawks didn't take care of the ball. They were they had 15 turnovers to the Grizzlies' 10, um, but they shot the ball a little bit better than the Grizzlies. They were 13 of 36 from three-point land um, and 38 of 89 overall for 43%. Um, Memphis just, they got down after having that strong showing in the first quarter, and um they were never really like in a rhythm again. They went on a couple runs, and to the Hawks' credit, they were able to fight off those runs. Um, 
And the biggest run for the Grizzlies was at the end of the third quarter. The Grizzlies were able to take a one-point lead in the fourth quarter um, where the Hawks just really weren't getting any consistent offense from any of their second unit guys. But the Hawks put a lead. They built a little bit of a run into the fourth quarter to take the lead. And then with the Grizzlies um, really fighting back and taking a lead with five minutes to go, the Hawks you know, that, that mini run by DeAndre himself. And then Kevin Herter continued his good shooting and Trey Young down the stretch as a closer. The Hawks really did something that is tough for a young ton team to do where they closed out a game that they really uh, needed to get a win on the road. It's um, weird to be saying that the Hawks needed to get a win in their second game of the season on the road in a place where, like Memphis where the Hawks had lost their last three regular season games in Memphis um, and really had not been able to compete with that young Grizzlies team. But um, going forward, the Hawks have a couple of really tough games on the road. Um, they get to come home on Monday and play against the Pistons in their regular season home opener. But then they go on the road, and one of the new quirks of the schedule this season, they play the Brooklyn Nets um, in two games in a row, and the Brooklyn Nets have looked really good. But uh, this was just a excellent game to see. Again, we knew that the Hawks were not going to have 72 games of them getting 40-point leads and being able just to close out teams um, with their second unit and even third unit. And so to see them go in – and play a Western Conference team, a team that's hoping to make the playoffs in the Western Conference, and another young team, and get a victory is really refreshing and something that uh, the Hawks from last year would not have been able to do. It, the Hawks um, were able to go in, and no team's going to be 100%, and part of this season's schedule with so many games in such a short amount of time, um, depth is going to be really important, but this game really highlighted that for the Hawks and highlighted the depth they have. One player I didn't even talk about was Bogdan Bogdanovich, the player the Hawks gave a huge contract to this offseason, and he really didn't have his best game. He, I think, missed his first six three-pointers, but he made a really big three-pointer in the fourth quarter and also is able to handle the ball um, in the fourth quarter as well, so teams can't just double-team Trey and keep the ball out of his hands and eliminate all ball handlers for the Hawks. So this depth for the Hawks really uh, won out for them and was to go in again into Memphis, get a win without Capella or Danilo Gallinari. Um, and we didn't even get to see Rajan Rondo. He didn't play even though he was available. It was just really, really encouraging and something that is a growth I can see from last season. Um, also to see a young player such as Nathan Knight come in, really contribute when needed. I mean, that's just teams are going to have games like that during the year where a player you don't know about comes in and really contributes to winning. And um, I thought the quotes, Nathan Knight got to have the uh, after the game interview um, and he did a really nice job. He sounded like a veteran, but to have guys come and be so excited and also say how welcoming this team is, it's just very encouraging. Um, some other notables for the Hawks, I think I need to talk about John Collins at least a little bit. He played center. He played 27 minutes. He was only four of nine from the field, no three-pointers, ended up with 13 points and 10 rebounds. 
He did have four fouls. I mean, he just went out. John Collins is a walking double-double. His fouling is a little much, and when he starts at center, I think that's okay. Uh, He had, you know, he's going up against a much bigger Jonas Valanciunas, and I think he was able to take advantage a little bit of the Memphis Grizzlies' second group of centers in Brandon Clark and Gorgie Ding. Um, But John Collins willing to play the five and just again be that walking double double is is something that is very encouraging to see john collins was the uh team leader the team uh was a team high plus 15 with john collins on the court um deandre hunter was the team was plus 14 when deandre was on the court but it was just a very strong all-around game and a game the Hawks don't win without contributions from Red Velvet and Nathan Knight. Um, so a great victory. I know the Hawks are now looking ahead to their home opener against the Detroit Pistons. It'll be their one home game over this five-game stretch, four on the road, one at home. And then the next five, they'll get four at home and one on the road. So, you know, if the Hawks are able to come out of this ahead – you know, three, three and two, that would be huge for them going forward. But um, it was a excellent game, totally fun back and forth game. There were 17 lead changes, I think. It was just a very fun game to watch to see John Moran and Trey Young going back and forth. And now we've already seen kind of two different Trey Young games one hyper efficient, he's able to make all his shots. Um, and then another one where he's not, not everything is falling for Trey. And he's able to find way other ways to get to the basket. His free throw and foul drawing ability will just always kind of provide a baseline for Trey. But you know, he he did a little bit of closing tonight, and that's what you want your young all star to do. So, big victory for the Hawks. Starting the season two and zero is just so exciting. I, I think there's nothing more that Hawks fans. I think Hawks fans who have waited so long to see this team play, really, it's been a couple of fun games for them, and we'll look forward to how they play against Derrick Rose um, and Blake Griffin of the Pistons going forward. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!